Well, this is the season three finale of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror, and each season so far, we have ended with a masterpiece like Python and the Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama. So it just makes sense that for this season's finale, we take a stab at the cult classic that spawned a never-ending franchise, a little-known film called Puppet Master. Yippee! <laughs> The girls who cried be horror. Hi, everybody. As Alex said in our opening, welcome to our season three finale. As Ooh. always, I am Anya. Hi, creeps. I'm Alex. I can't believe we've been doing this shit for three years. Now. I didn't know that. Crazy. Oh, I was like, holy shit, we're about to be on season four <laughs> of the show that nobody listens to. <laughs> that we spawned at the very beginning of the pandemic, so we had something to do. It's great. Yeah. And I don't it. plan on stopping it. Um, there's too many movies yeah. to talk about to stop. I know. There's so many big ones that like that are I in know. our list of like the ones we have to do before if we were ever to end the show. We have to do But it's first. also like, but we have to save that for like the series finale. And yeah, then yeah, we're like, oh, that's it. a special one. That's a special one. We got to wait <laughs> on that one. Um, but yeah, we did Puppet Master, which neither of us had seen before. And then between no. deciding to do it and recording, we both then watched it two times. Yeah, uh, I think for multiple reasons. I have not been well in my body. And I think the first mm-hmm. time I watched it, it went like very in one ear out the other. I did not expect Puppet Master to be giving like anaconda level of confusion, but we got it. It is very fucking confusing. It, well, I th- the, honestly, it's a different kind because, like, Anaconda isn't particularly. We love to bring up Anaconda. So, I do someday love I'll it. be strong. Someday I'll be strong enough to revisit that episode because God have mercy. Um, I mean, you do have get, the most iconic just, impression in that episode. So, John Voight. Um, <laughs> Well, the issue with Anaconda was that we were still doing the old format. I know everyone, I know. if anyone that listens to this podcast regularly is like, shut the fuck up about Anaconda. I know already. But like, <laughs> that that's what it was an issue of because like, I don't want to put it out there that we were like, I was confused about what was going on in the giant JLo snake movie. And it's like, <laughs> no, I wasn't. There was just like multiple parts to the story and multiple characters. So when we were doing the like, we're going to make the whole episode just us doing a literal play by play. It was like yeah. axing on the soul. Whereas this is genuinely to a certain degree like when I was watching it because the first time I watched it I watched it with Cornelia I was I don't want to say I was confused but I was like what where are we what is going on because you're like oh it's Puppet Master it's going to be a movie about like tiny little puppets causing havoc which does Mm -hmm. happen but there's a lot of like story and world building that happens before that that you don't expect in a movie like Puppet Master so you're just like that's what I mean like with Anaconda too I mean they're just movies at like the core where it's just a very silly like basic idea of like these are killer puppets. This is a massive anaconda. But then to get there, they take like the longest, most like winding route that they possibly can yeah. plot wise to get there. And you're like, I'm doing a lot of work to get to these Literally. little puppets. I'm doing a lot of work to get to this big ass snake. But, you know, I, I'm i excited to now go through the series because like you said, I'd never seen this. You had never seen this. I've never seen any of the Puppet Master movies. When I was younger, I used to always confuse puppet master with Wishmaster, which mm. is a movie i used to watch a lot as a child and it would terrify me like so bad mm. especially because the main character's name is alexandra and i used to go by <gasps> alexandra and so anytime the like Wishmaster demon was coming for her he would be like alexandra i'm coming and i'd be like ah! and it like really freaked me the fuck out 
And I thought that that was Puppet Master for most of my life, I think. I love that you had that experience of like having wow. your name in a movie as a child because my experience was obvious, mm. obviously, but some bitches may know, was um, the Fox animated classic Anastasia because mm. in the movie they call her Anya. And that did a lot to give me a fucking giant fucking head <laughs> that never went away. And it's why I will not settle for any man less than my own Dimitri. I think that checks out. And I think me running from a demon checks out too. It, <laughs> but I will say- it, The writing is on the walls. The, uh, the main lead in this film is also named Alex. So I guess I'm just winning with I know, all these I master films. I about that. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, She's winning. Yeah, first time watch for me too. It's been one where it's just like I, Puppet Master has been like in in my realm of like knowing it it exists um, for a long time, especially because mm-hmm. as we talked about before on the podcast, I mean, it is a Charles Band produced film. And as we know, Charles Band is the man. Uh, it, this is this is the house that Charles Band built. Oh, like, don't worry. I have my background just begins with the history of Charles Band. Don't you worry. Well, thank God. And quick uh, thank you <laughs> shout out to um, friends of the pod, um, Ray and Rebecca Lowell, because for Christmas, they Rebecca heard me talk about wanting to read the Charles Band um, autobiography on the pod. And then she bought it for me. So I since have read it. Um, so now I feel like I really am like, oh, Charles Band. Um, I can't believe I'm going to try to teach you. You know everything. Well, who knows, girl? You know I have like the memory of a fucking dead rat. So it's like if I retained <laughs> well, anything, me. we'll see. If I remember you can fill anything. in any gaps I might have, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so watched it for the first time, and you know, I'm it's inter- I'm it's one of those movies, at least for me, where I watched. Where I was like, and this spawned nine other films. Um. And I guess to a certain degree, it's like, well, I guess there's like a lot of different little puppets. So you got a lot of characters you can work with and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it isn't something that struck me as like, oh, this is a gold mine. This is a gold mine that they can milk for days. So I am curious, I guess, down in the future when I, because I'm slowly moving my way. I feel like there's so many franchises. I still have to work my mm-hmm. way through Hellraiser. Um, me too. And I'm trying to work my way through the Amityville horror movies, um, which is, nice. you know, for better or for worse. Um but yeah, so this is on the list now of like, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. get through it. I'm not rushing, but I'll get through the Puppet Masters at some point. I wish it were only nine, but there are more and we'll get to that. Are there really? Holy fuck. There are more. Maybe since whenever the book was written, maybe there have been a few additional films. If that's where you I might have just number, invented but... that number too. Well, because that seems like a high number, but you know it's more. Um, but yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Puppet Master, before we get into it, um, if you would like to watch this film before you listen to us talk about it, it is streaming on Shudder, Amazon Prime, Peacock, and Tubi. Do you know of any other places? You said Amazon Prime, Shudder, Peacock, Tubi? I think that's, yeah. Cool. That's you always like pull it like six places I've never heard of, so I figured I would just check. Well, most of them are just um, like equivalents of Tubi, like yeah. other free movie apps. Yeah. So before I get into everything, would you like to give, uh, you want to attempt a brief synopsis of Puppet Master? Yeah, I'm going to keep it wide and brief because at the end of the day, yeah. if you want <laughs> details or things explained further, watch the fucking movie. Um, so the movie opens with a guy that makes puppets. Um, it's like 1930s. I believe the year is actually 1939. He's living in like a hotel on the coast, um, Bodega Bay, I believe it is called, on California mm-hmm. coast. Um and he's making puppets that, up, upon immediate viewing, are sentient. They they are alive and whatever. They don't talk. They're just kind of, like, moving around on their own. And um, 
for some reason, Nazis are after him. He's like two Nazi <laughs> soldiers. And like one of, of his puppets is like trying to like run to him to warn him. Blade, I believe the puppet's name is. Mm-hmm. And he seems unbothered. Blade, the puppet gets to him. He's like, like kissing his little babies goodnight. <laughs> he's like, well, y'all, it's been fun. Gonna put you in this box, hide you away. And I'm gonna kill myself. And that's the opening. And then we cut to our lead, Alex, who is a man, not like our Alex. Um, but the movie from there, it's him um, a and three other psychics who we meet, two of which are like a couple pairing. And they're mm-hmm. all being contacted by this fifth psychic guy um, who I believe his name is Neil, mm-hmm. who is like sending them like these messages. And like they're all like out in their own lives, like doing psychic research and psychic work of their own because they're all like gifted with different psychic powers. So they get this like message sent to them and they're all like, what the fuck or whatever. And then of course they do like the classic, like calling each other. I mean, it's giving dream catcher. It's giving, it's like, giving all it. things. Yeah, it's giving like we all have to come together at a house. So it's giving, it's giving clue. It's giving house on haunted hill. Like it's giving all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, oh, well, like, we're all going to go and find out what happens. They get to the fucking Bodega Bay Hotel, which is now where Neil, and now in the present time of this movie, has been living and working, to find out that he is dead. Uh, he has a wife they didn't know about, and she's a normie, as far as we know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so from there, it's just like, they're all in this house. They're all very suspicious because they're like, why are we here? How is he dead? When did he get a fucking wife? And they clearly have some history with him, which then we learn over dinner is that he originally brought these people all together to meet each other because he was doing all this research because he wanted to find um, the specific kind of like, it's like ancient Egyptian magic that this guy from the beginning of the movie had discovered and utilized to make inanimate objects sentient. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were trying to find that. And then when they broke apart, they figured that like this guy, Neil had found it and like kept it from all of them and wasn't going to tell them. So now in the wake of his death and them all being at his, his house mansion hotel nonsense, they're like, well, we're going to get what we deserve. Like we're going to find his research and like finally take what we're owed. Um, only to find out that while he's dead in a fucking coffin, the puppets have been here the whole time. I guess they never <laughs> because they're just here suddenly and they're out for blood for at the time an unspecified reason so they are one by one like attacking people and meanwhile like people are having psychic visions like people are fucking um and dying and whatever and then once we get to like pretty much everyone else dying except our lead alex and the late wife of neil meanwhile also neil's body has been just popping up in places like still dead but like being propped up like a fucking living dummy i Um, love that uh alex has a vision of like neil being alive again and like Uh, like taking his wife and being like you can't save her and like hurting her or whatever and it's a vision but then it like starts to come to life and the wife is like oh like i found all his research up in this like fucking attic space that he would never let me into and they discover that he did in fact find the magic whatever the fuck that was going to bring these puppets back to life so then they're like we got to get out of here and they go to leave (laughs) only to find in the kitchen or in the dining room all the bodies of the other psychics that have been killed propped up sitting at the kitchen table um and who's standing there with them but neil alive and somewhat well it would seem and then of course he has his villain monologue talking about how he discovered all this shit and he he did actually kill himself but it wasn't like really killing himself because he had done the magic on himself so he could come back and in theory live forever but it is then specified that like he won't die from natural causes but he can still be killed he would just have to be in theory like murdered or some shit um which then he makes the mistake in this whole monologue being like, well, fuck the puppets. 
like now I have these human puppets that I can work on and, you know, perfect my magic and blah, blah. And of course the little puppets that in theory, I guess I've been doing his bidding this whole time um, are like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> and they fucking go to town on him and kill him for real. And then we just cut to like the next morning, Alex is leaving uh, and he's like, well, that was crazy. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay, get home safe. Bye. And then she is walking up the stairs at the end. And one of the psychics who had brought her taxidermy dog, she's holding this do- taxidermy dog. And then suddenly it becomes alive and sentient, kind of hinting at possibly like she now knows the the, the magic mm-hmm. and she can use it. Who knows for good or for bad? Maybe we'll address it. Excel- I mean, obviously good. If that's yeah. what she's starting with. Um, But yeah, that wow. is puppet master i am you deserve an award you deserve a diploma for that that was impressive i did studying before this i had to watch it twice and i had to read the wikipedia synopsis once again not because i couldn't understand but i was like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be put on the spot to tell everybody wow. what this was and i need to be prepped it would have been an embarrassment if i had tried to do that so congratulations <laughs> um yeah, I think something I love about it is that like, and I didn't really pick up on it until the second viewing of, because I also watched it twice, was that the puppets inherently are not bad. And it makes sense that, no. you know, it's whoever the puppet master is that will dictate how the puppets act. And I'm so curious in all of the following films, like how many evil puppet masters are there going to be? Is there going to ever be a nice puppet master where it just like takes the puppets out for like a day at the carnival? That sounds like a great time. Yeah, I mean, it's... The magic isn't quite clear, which I'm sure I would hope at the least if you're going to have over nine fucking movies in a series, you're going to like address some shit at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, um, But yeah, I, I don't know. Like it doesn't really, it's not really specified in this movie. If like, it, obviously that's the magic that the puppet master in theory that wields, it like brings them to life. So you would think like maybe like inherently like it's, you know, Frankenstein's monster, like this is daddy, like he brought mm-hmm. us life type shit. But like, it doesn't clear if like while they're sentient, like you have full control of them. Clearly, that's not the case to a certain degree because right. they turn on him and kill him. Um, but also, I remember I don't know if I was reading it in the Charles Band book or I read it somewhere else, but I had known going in, I was like, I think there's like a Nazi thing like in the series. Mm-hmm. I thought I had read that. So when I watched this, I was like, I, I don't know if it's like established in the first one, and I didn't. And it could have just been me, like kind of like not really paying attention fully, but like. It didn't click to me fully that I was like, oh, th- these are Nazi soldiers um, at yeah. the beginning. It wasn't until I was I mean, like being like, I need to know exactly what the fuck I'm talking mm-hmm. about for this that I was like, okay, yes, it was Nazi soldiers. One of the sequels is literally called Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. <laughs> I knew that. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's like very that. Nazi heavy. Um, yeah. Amazing. Well, let's like, let's jump in and tackle yeah. the history of Puppet Master. Let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm sad. <sighs> Okay. Well, I like to give a little bit of a just the basic rundown of the the film details to start. So, Puppet Master came out in 1989. It is rated R, which I really don't think that there's much now that I'm thinking about it that really warrants an there's R rating. But I guess some some language and some uh maybe like one or two of the shots of like the kills. Um, it was directed by David Schmoller and it was co-written by Kenneth Hall and Charles Band. It is an hour, 30 minutes, um, and it is streaming on all those places I said it was streaming. So to start, we should first just tackle and like recap a little bit the career of Charles Band, which we've talked about on previous episodes because he is like one of the most prolific producers, writers, directors, especially in B-horror. So, Mm -hmm. you know, 
But if you have not listened to any of our other episodes and you are just tuning in, I will give you a brief rundown of who Charles Band is. Um, well, he was an executive producer on a ton of films that we have covered, including Taurus Trap, Sorority Babes, Intruder, Castle Freak, Dolls, and he was the director of The Ginger Dead Man. So this motherfucker is sprinkled across our seat, our show. He's just Literally. everywhere. Um, in the he early one of 80s. He's bingo cards, girl, on the fucking. Oh my God. He's TV like the horror. fucking like, centerpiece. Cross off, yeah, literally cross off every yeah. time Charles Band in the center. It's a free, it's a free space, is Charles Band. Anaconda's in the corner. Literally, um, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So in the early 80s. You're a Charles like Band. There, sorry. I just wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll make, we'll make one. We could put it on, a, on the Insta. <laughs> that would be fun. Anyways. Um, yeah, so in the early 80s, Charles Band wanted to create his own small production company so that he could produce and release, you know, low-budget horror and sci-fi films to compete with the bigger Hollywood studios. Um, and that was the beginning of Empire Pictures, which would go on to produce some of the biggest B-horror films in general, but also a lot of major Stuart Gordon films. They worked together quite a bit. Um, some of those included from Stuart Gordon, Reanimator, uh, from Beyond, Troll, and the company's first big hit, which was Ghoulies, which mm. is, fun fact, the movie I considered doing for this episode, because I just wanted to do a, an episode about, like, little guys. And mm. I was like, Ghoulies are Puppet Master, Ghoulies are Puppet Master. So it was really fun to find out that Ghoulies was the big first hit from his first production company, whereas Puppet Master is the big f- first hit from his second production company, which is just interesting. Um, so Empire Pictures was very successful for most of the 80s. It was successful enough that he was able to buy a castle in Italy where they ended up, I think we talked about in the Castle Freak episode, they would shoot a lot of films in the castle to save on like location prices and, you know, the crew and the cast would get to live there and get to like hang out, which sounds like the fucking best time. Um, But around the end of the 80s, the company began to financially collapse and it was eventually absorbed into another production company. Um, But all of this was for the best because it led Charles Band to relocate to the U.S. where he started a new company called Full Moon Productions, which is now called Full Moon Productions. It is now called Full Moon Features, fun fact, because some other company is now called Full Moon Productions. But that was... The beginning of Full Moon Productions. And like I said, the very first movie that he produced and made was Puppet Master. Because he uh, he had made dolls with Empire Pictures and he loved it. And he had a fascination with little puppets. So mm-hmm. he fucking spawned this franchise like first out the gate. Um, so it's just a little background on him, who he is, why he's so prolific and widely known in the horror world. Um so on to Puppet Master as a film itself. Uh, this was originally meant to be a theatrical release, but it ended up being released on home video because Charles Band thought that it would get a larger audience and it would make more money going the home video route. And he was very much correct. It mm. immediately became a hit. It is a cult classic. It was very, very successful. I don't know if it would have been that successful had it gone theatrical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There are currently 15 oh Puppet Master films. Holy shit. Including crazy. straight sequels, prequels, one reboot, multiple character spinoffs, and crossover films, um, specifically Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, which Demonic okay. Toys is another one of Charles Band's series. Yes. Yes. 
But don't worry because there is another one coming up. It is in pre-production and it's going to be the best one because it is called Puppet Master Furnace Leech Woman. I don't know what's going to happen to her with the furnace because the poster is her all burnt up. So I'm assuming something in a pre like a a following film. Maybe she gets she's coming back. Yeah. Leech Woman, baby. She's getting her own movie. Leech Woman Ooh. 2024. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm ugh, best news I found all day. Wow. It's great. Wow. Um, yeah. And if 15 films is not enough for you, there is also a video game that came out March 1st of this year uh, on fuck? Steam. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I didn't I'll read great reviews. And look up that. Well, yeah, I'll get on, I'll get on <laughs> YouTube later and watch some playthroughs. Yeah, you love to do that. Yeah, just came out like three weeks ago, so have fun. Wow, not up the fucking presses. We're now it's a timely episode. We're so timely. Um, you'll really enjoy this fact. Um, the Bodega Bay Hotel was a miniature. That I know it's well. Okay, it is a miniature, but it's not like mini. It was about the size of a refrigerator. That's still but impressive. compared to a hotel, it is mini. Um, and the oh, way I that they would fit in that. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to see the hotel in like a lot of exterior shots of it sitting on like this beautiful cliff, like looking over the water. And the way that they got those shots is very impressive for the 80s, if you ask me. They built this miniature and then they would go to that location, hang it up, and then like position it in a way so that it looked like it was sitting on that like bit of earth and then in post they would like mess with the depth and the like perspective to get it to look real very very I love impressive that. i fucking love it's great bit. yeah i feel like the the technical elements like with like the puppets and that kind of stuff is really where this movie shines i love that stuff in movies and it's one of those things where it's like even and it doesn't even look bad but i like one of my favorite things and i mean once again i'm talking about like a high budget like incredible film but like i think about mm-hmm. aliens and like all the miniature work they had to do for that when it was like landing on like the train like any mm. of like a lot of those like exterior of like or like the the tank moving and stuff like they are miniatures and even before like i had like confirmed like even watching it i was like oh they definitely did that with miniatures but like mm-hmm. again and not to shit on cg or anything or vfx because like that can all be great and enhance things and yada yada, yada. but there's always something to be said for doing practical effects like it just adds a level of like tangibility and like realness to it that like mm-hmm. brings a different kind of texture to your film than just like oh this is real this place is fucking real <laughs> yeah i totally agree um well i know i mentioned earlier that charles band also produced taurus trap which was one of our i think it was our was our second episode that we did yes yeah i think it was i loved taurus trap so much but in addition, the director of this film, David Schmoller, was also the director of Taurus Trap. So this is essentially a little reunion, like a decade later. And not only was it the same producer, director, but most of the soundtrack for this film was actually just synthesized arrangements of the Taurus Trap soundtrack. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I want to go back and listen because, like, Taurus Trap is so iconic with those fucking, ma- like, mannequin screams and just the score. And I'm surprised well, I didn't pick up that, on it. 
now that you say that, because I remember in Tourist Trap, and I feel like I'm going to talk about it in the episode, like, the score is so silly to a certain degree. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, whatever type shit. And I remember even at the beginning of, because I literally just yeah. watched it again, like, a, a few hours ago, um, like, the opening score for Puppet Master, I didn't really pay attention to the score the rest of it, um, is that kind of, like, silly, like, like, whatever mm-hmm. type shit. So now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It is kind of <laughs> that thing. I just like to imagine that they're existing within the same universe, you know? Of course they are. Hello. But he could come down the street mannequins with mannequins and we have sentient puppets. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, they have a fucking – they know what they like in a movie. Um, so, yeah. So, Neil Gallagher, near the end of the film, as you said, he has died and come back to life via this magical spell. Um, but – when he is getting got by these puppets, they cut off some of his fingers and then he lifts his hand up and a bunch of like green blood oozes out, which I kind of just took as like maybe that's meant to be like the uh, formaldehyde like in his body or something. But that choice yeah. was actually strictly made because they wanted to avoid getting an X rating, which I think is really yeah. kind of wild that this movie could even like come close to getting an X rating. But, you know. Yeah, it's it was the of, times. It, 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 exactly, it was the times, yeah. and and it is funny now. I feel like as I'm a grown woman horror fan, and I've seen a thing or two now in my day, is that like now? I mean, if a movie came out today and someone had green mm-hmm. blood, I'd be like, that's a story point. Like that is a hundred percent because like part of the story is like we want it to have green blood. Whereas like if you mm-hmm. watch movies from the '80s or any of that time period, I'm like fucking. 95% sure they did green blood because they wanted to get a different rating because if they did oh, red yeah. blood they'd get fucked I mean it's the same thing with evil dead like I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. at least the second one or one of them we definitely talked about it I'm sure mm-hmm. on the episode where it was like there's a fuckload of blood in that movie but like it's not like your normal like red blood it's like color different to like try to get a different rating yeah it's so silly um one of the puppets that Charles Band originally wanted to have featured that he did not get was a six-armed ninja with guns in every hand. Um, <laughs> but don't worry. It is in Puppet Master 3. Well, it better be. 15 movies. So if you want to see that. Not in the six-armed gun ninja. <laughs> you need a six-armed gun ninja. And you oh, need so to have, like, yeah, you it, you can't, but as we all know, you can't pull out a fucking six-armed gun ninja until at least the third installment in your franchise. Otherwise, you're jumping the gun. You're right. The audience isn't ready yet. No, deadass. For that level of gun. You gotta lull us into it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, speaking of some of the puppets, um, to wrap this up, Pinhead is one puppet that I'm sure we will discuss. I believe you love Pinhead. Um. <laughs> Who is, he is essentially, um. He looks like Channing Tatum. <laughs> he's, he's just the upper part of a man with, like, really big, beefy arms and fists. And then, like, a tiny, tiny doll head, which I did feel a little bit triggered because in college all my friends called me Pinhead Larry and would always say I had a pinhead. So fucked up. Oh, my God. I was always Pinhead Larry. Are you kidding? They all called me Pepper from American Horror Story for years. I got called Pepper. Oh, my God. Well, you don't have hair, so I guess that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, they just were saying I was ugly. <laughs> I love it being like, oh, yeah. No, I do see that for you, though. <laughs> 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 
But no, actually, I do see pepper for you, though, girl. No, but if you put a bow on your head, it looks a little bit more than if I did because you don't have hair. I and also it's... got Malachi from Children of the Corn. <laughs> That's fucking – I would throw hands for, if someone called me well, Malachi. The shit is, is that they're not talking about fucking, like, Malachi. They're talking about what's-his-name, the little motherfucker that dresses like a fucking preacher. I can't think of his name. That's even worse. That's I. That's well, yeah. Malachi's is, the redhead. Malachi's the fucking redhead. Where I was like, yeah, you're because they're thinking about what the other one because he says yes, yes, Malachi. Yes. Um, but I was like, <laughs> you guys are gonna insult me. At least get the fucking name right. It's not even Malachi. Anyways, valid. We unpack that yeah. trauma. People are people are awful. But anyway, so yeah, that's <laughs> Pinhead. Um, and so. Pinhead in the in the scenes where he's like being very physical and he's punching people, that was a dwarf st- stunt woman named Cindy Sorensen who's a fucking badass, and she would play oh, yeah. the arms and punch it. And she noted how difficult it was to throw a punch while simultaneously keeping her head ducked so that you couldn't see her over the like tiny tiny little puppet head. And I literally yeah. couldn't imagine contorting my body and having like a powerful punch. That's insane. Well, I did. I was thinking about that when I was watching because I was like, that's definitely like real human hands or yeah. the very least human hands and like mitts or some shit. So I was like, and I did have that thought where I was like, damn, like they did they have to like CG shit out or whatever, which is like kind of pretty mm-hmm. impressive for what we're working with. But then like mm-hmm. there was a problem where I was like, is it just someone ducking? And like, how the fuck are they ducking that far? But wow, props to her. Yeah. That's amazing. She killed it. I could not, I couldn't do it. Um, and then Blade, who is our lead puppet, um, uh-huh. it he's a very small little guy, but it takes five puppeteers to work him, to get him to do all his things. Um, he is the only puppet that is in every single film in the series. Um, and he's the only puppet whose clothing never changes throughout the series. Fun fact. Okay, iconic look queen. <laughs> he is a creature of habit, I guess. Um, and then my last little fact, which I think will lead into – our discussion is that in a movie called Puppet Master, the puppet's overall screen time is less than five minutes. For fuck's sake, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Less I mean, after watching, minutes. it was like, yeah, that definitely makes sense. But like, when you hear it out loud, you're like, really? Yeah, it's so crazy. Which that was like a big jumping off point for me. I feel like because the first time I watched this, I had a very similar experience to like the first time I watched Hellraiser mm. because growing up. I had never seen either film, but, like, I knew about them. I knew about the franchises. And, like, they both have iconic villains, you know. I didn't know Blade's name, but, I, you know, I knew of Blade. And, obviously, you yeah. know, Pinhead is iconic. So when I went into both films for the first time, I expected it to be a movie about these villains as, like, the central figure, like a Freddy Krueger or a Jason Voorhees. And both times I went in and those people are barely in the movie. It's very much a human story and it it colored my impression of the film because it was not what I expected it to be. And now I've seen Hellraiser a few times since and I think Hellraiser is amazing and I love it and I'm glad that it wasn't a, just straight up about the Cenobites. Um, so I think maybe on maybe on a further viewing, even though I've seen it twice now, I hope that I could get to a same level of like adoration with Puppet Master. But I was curious if you had any kind of preconceived notions going into it maybe you didn't if you'd read the book um if if the lack of puppets 
impacted your viewing experience because you are Wait, also is there a puppet, puppet master girl. book or are you talking about the hellbound heart the no i'm talking about the uh the charles band book you read oh 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 oh, oh. um yeah i mean that's really interesting because your i had a very similar experience with specifically with the hellraiser thing mm-hmm. um where and i have now since watched hellraiser like three or four times and it's not my favorite, but I really do like it. I'm like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I definitely have an appreciation for it. And I, and I think also a degree of that is Abby and Roberto also really like it. Um, and I think their enthusiasm for it, like also, I'm like, yeah, no, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having that similar feeling of like, oh, Pinhead like is not here. But what I will say, because that's an interesting comparison, is the human story of Hellraiser works better for me. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think yeah. anyone is really going to argue with me about Hellraiser being a better movie than Puppet Master, but you know what? To each their own. I'm not I'm not really trying to have that argument. Um, but there's something about it. Like, it's because they also have a lot, like, I mean, we have Frank upstairs, mm-hmm. like, reanimating with his flesh and, like, that crazy shit. Like, it all works. And I think when Pinhead makes his appearance, um, it's very effective and he's so obviously scary and disturbing and like it where there's a part of you where it's like it's almost like the shark from jaws where you're like Mm, yeah mm -hmm. actually in retrospect like it's better that you didn't show this guy nonstop because i become desensitized to it where like when he does show up you're like you're fucked now you're so (laughs) fucked um where with this I mean, at the end of the day, it's Puppet Master. I, I love puppets. So uh, for me specifically, you're you're working at a disadvantage not showing me the puppets as much because, like, I'm yeah. going to eat those bitches up. Like, I want puppets. Um, but the story is not as interesting. I will say on the second viewing, I – because I was, like, going in this time, I was like, okay, I, I didn't have – I had no idea there was going to be any psychic storyline at all mm-hmm. in this movie. So when that was happening at the beginning, I was like – because specifically it's jarring because you have the opening with the guy making the puppets and you're like, right, okay, we're, we're jumping right into it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And then they like, whatever, that ends. And then in my head, I was like, oh, if we open back up, it'll be like somebody discovering the box of puppets and being like, oopsies, opened it. And yeah. then when you open up and it's this guy like having like a dreamlike vision and he's like, he's having like leeches on his body, mm-hmm. which like comes back later, if it makes sense. But with that's just what you're getting to jump off with. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was just so confused where I was just like, yeah, I was kind of like waiting for the puppets to show up. Um, So definitely, yeah, definitely went in with preconceived notions, which I will always admit is like on me and mm-hmm. will fuck you nine times out of 10. But even like erasing those and watching it again and saying like, no, I, I kind of followed better this time because I knew what to expect in terms of like the psychic storyline and all that. Mm-hmm. And like knowing the puppets were going to take a minute to get there. Even still, it's just like, it's just not as strong a story, and I don't expect it to be. Yeah. Um, Especially, I think, because, like, Hellraiser's story is so, like, tied up with, like, sex and pain and pleasure. Yes. And just, like, the flesh. And it's just very visceral. And I also think that the script in Hellraiser, because it is, you know, an adaptation of a Clive Barker written book, it is just, like, the script is really powerful and you know pinhead has some fucking creepy ass lines in there whereas this script i found to be very basic and like a little dull at times and like yeah there's some like sexy moments in this movie but at the core of it is just kind of about like wanting to like control the world and have power over people and it was very one-dimensional whereas like those are the motives in hellraiser too but like it's so complex you know 
No, no, a thousand percent. And yeah. it's something you brought up that I was like, no, that's so true. Was even, yeah, like what you're saying, like the dialogue or something in Hellraiser. Because then I was thinking, I was like, yeah, like, because when Pinhead shows up, Pinhead talks. And I'm not, and obviously yeah. not like a goofy Freddy Krueger type shit or like long monologues, but like he does speak, which obviously adds a layer to his character because the voice is fucking scary. And he has, you know, like iconic lines of like, we have such sights to show you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas none of the puppets talk, which, fine um but so you're working with like these puppets that like if that's your titular like that's the thing that's the movie is the puppets killing people it's like Mm -hmm. okay well then you can't have them show up and like they don't really talk they all have like a very specific design and that's another thing Mm -hmm. where it's like they all have a design that like seems to be designed for pain and torture like you know one guy's fucking head is just a drill bit or like yeah, a fucking whatever and then blade like yeah blade has like a knife for one hand a hook for the mm-hmm. other little like screw shits for eyes or whatever where mm-hmm. it's like okay and because as we're saying like they don't seem inherently when you kind of learn more about them like bad or like evil for evil's sake it's like they're serving a master but i'm just like there's a lot of story building that is not fully fleshed out which like sure mm-hmm. might age you down the line 15 movies to be like, well, we had so much time to all flesh it out. But at that point, it's like, girl, make a TV show. You know? Like, it's like you have to have an effective yeah. movie that can stand on its own. Um, I also read so, that a lot of the the following uh, films, like, contradict each other. And, like, it, the timeline is all over the place. There's, like, a big contradiction between, like, three different films about, like, when the man at the opening sequence, like, killed himself. Like, he's – dead in 1939 but like in a future film like he's alive in like 1942 which doesn't make sense he's played by like three different actors in the first three films it's all over the place i mean and something i want to bring up that you did bring up and i I knew i was going to bring it up which is just like also i think in general not working in this film's favor but specifically also for me not working in this film's favor Mm -hmm. is i if i gotta pick a charles band dolls killing people movie it's gonna be Stuart gordon's dolls fucking forever a thousand percent i mean we obviously cover dolls check out that episode it was a really fun time love the movie um and it's one that i've kept in my back pocket for like people when i meet them and like they they find out that i love horror and then we like we're talking at like a party or something and they're like i'm scared of horror and it has happened to me and they're like i don't know like where i should start where like the, there's definitely i don't want to say basic because recommending any horror movie to anybody is great but i know that like people will be like oh like watch something like jennifer's body which I mean, Jennifer's Body is a great movie, and it's, like, obviously very silly and fun, but I'm, like... It's more accessible. It's more accessible, but then I'm, like, if you're telling me you're a baby, you're a baby (laughs) baby, I was, like, and you want to start really slow and easy, I was, like, check out Stuart Gordon's Dolls. I was, like, you will be fine, and it is horror, and I was, like, that is the easiest... I love having that recommendation in my back pocket, Mm -hmm. because also I'm, like, (laughs) I know no other bitch in this room is going to recommend that shit to you, but, um... I mean, yeah, I love that movie. But even then, like thinking about it, like short. I mean, to my recollection, like none of the dolls speak. At least, at least if it, if they do, it's very brief or anything. I don't like, maybe think at so. the end, but it works the overall story because one, we get a lot of different dolls, and it's happening mm-hmm. throughout. But like the entire thing is like they're at these like in theory evil to a certain degree like toy makers mansion mm-hmm. so it's like okay that's already established we don't need to have a crazy fucking voodoo whatever the fuck background and yeah and then it's like and then the motive for everything is just like we're gonna kill you if you don't have childlike wonder in your heart and i'm like great yeah. 
that's all I need. I just need a base level of understanding what's going on. And then I want dolls going mad on people, like going crazy. Where like this, it was like, it like it felt like a lot of attention to detail was paid in areas where it didn't need to be. Like the doll design, I'm mm-hmm. all for like creative design. That's great. But it's like, once again, it's like, for what purpose? Other than to like justify like a kill later on. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we drilled some bitch's face off? It's like, yeah. So just put a fucking giant drill on one of their heads. But it's like, why is that there? <laughs> like, you have to explain at the beginning that when they're being made, like, right. is this guy like a sick freak? And that's the thing too, with the Nazi thing. I'm like, so like, was he a Nazi too? I don't and, think he was a Nazi. Right. So if he was a Nazi, like, but if he had been, I'd be like, okay, maybe he was doing it to like torture people because Nazis are fucking evil. Like, I don't know. But if he's like the opposite of Nazis, it's like, okay, maybe the Nazis want him and the dolls for torture, but why is he making them this way? It's just like, it's leaving too many questions for me where I'm mm. like, I don't want to be thinking this hard watching Puppet Master, to be honest yeah, with you. I totally agree. I think that dolls is so much fun. And I think this is a rare thing for me to say, but I think it is also a big part of that is the little girl lead in Dolls, yeah. who is fucking incredible. Your um, daughter, girl. I oh, got it. The only <laughs> child I love in this world. Um, yeah, I I would watch Dolls a thousand times over picking Puppet Master personally. But I think yeah. I think my issue with it is that, and I could be very you know wrong because I mean he makes B horror like he makes films that are meant to be like silly and campy and fun. But yeah. Puppet Master feels like if you took Dolls and wanted to like make it really serious. And you yeah, no, like literally an actual drama, uh, and then but the but the dolls are also the puppets are kind of campy and silly and will kill you in like a graphic way, but the rest of the plot is very very serious and weird. Like it just felt like a drama. Like well, he's I mean, trying now- to. Okay. No, keep going. Um, I was no, no, gonna no. say, well, now with the the knowledge you were saying of like it originally was maybe gonna be a theatrical release, I, and I got the same vibe too, where I was like, not that I don't want to be like, wow, Puppet Master takes itself super seriously, like no, but there's definitely mm-hmm. yeah an air of like we're trying to make like a real movie where it yeah. feels like a person that's been doing B horror and really campy stuff their whole life is like I'm now gonna make like a theatrical like quote unquote real whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I'm going to bring some of that B-horror sensibility into it by having, you know, like, weirdly designed little puppets running around. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, characters with, like, you know, little zany personality traits. Whether it be, like, oh, I, like, bring my taxidermy dog with me everywhere. Or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the kind of, like, very kinky, like, sex moments. Um, But, yeah, overall, like, kind of building this grand story of, like, this guy back in the 30s running from Nazis made these. And they've been trying for years to discover a secret. I mean, literally the entire psychic. Like, I, when I tell you, like, it really made me think of Dreamcatcher, which I know is obviously not considered a good movie. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it was obviously, like, a big, like, Stephen King, like, studio. I mean, it has fucking Morgan Freeman in it. Hello. Like, sure does. Where, I mean, take it – aside from it being not a good movie, and I've seen it 20 fucking times, so I'm not here to even talk shit about it. Um, I own it on DVD, please. But um, – I can confirm I watched her DVD copy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, is that – um. Yeah, there's just like a studio attempted feel to it where it's like, yeah, it, that does it, that's not going to work for Puppet Master. And I wish it had leaned more yeah. to the, the more fun route because I think I would have really enjoyed it if it had. Yeah, and it makes sense. I, I feel like he has a lot of films in his, you know, his filmography that he's produced, written, directed, all of it there that are like 
doll puppet based films. I mean, he has dolls. He has the demonic toy series. He has, um, I mean, in a way, Tor- Taurus Trap is also about dolls. I would say, in a way, um, fucking Ginger Dead Man. I mean, he's the size of yeah, a so like, doll. Like, but all of those movies do kind of lean into like the goofy, silly vibe. So I do understand that, especially with like maybe when he was starting like a new production company and like he was, you know, maybe wanted to be taken a little bit more seriously to kind of tweak it in a way where he still has all of the fun elements that he loves, but try to do it with like a more substantial plot. But I don't think for for me it really worked. Um, And I think, you know, I think you that it's a good concept. I think there's a lot you can do with it. But yeah, introducing all of the characters and the way that they do is very confusing because, yeah, you have that opening scene of the um, puppeteer who kills himself. And then you jump like 50 years and you have that scene with Alex having the dream. And then you immediately jump to the psychic. um, I believe her name is Diana or Diane. It's, it's Dana, um, I believe. Dana, sorry. Um, and she, fun fact, the, the fun cameo in the movie of Barbara Crampton oh, yes. as the girl with the boyfriend who are getting the psychic reading her like, I can't tell if she's like falling for it or if she's like like laughing at her. I feel like it's a weird combination of I both. feel like she was buying it. I think she's playing like a little bit of like uh, like a – I don't want to say valley girl, but for lack of a better way, putting it like a valley girl. Because, like, mm. there's mo- – I think that's the comedy of that scene is just, like, when, like, Dana is saying stuff where she's like, oh, your grandmother is going to die or whatever. She's like, oh, no. Like, my grandmother's already dead. And then she's like, oh, no, his grandmother. And then she's like, oh, yeah. like, baby, I'm so sorry. Like, she's definitely buying it. I also love when she was, like, talking about, like, oh, he's going to be, like, a rich man. She's like, wait a minute. Maybe I'll marry him if he's going to have money. <laughs> I loved when she was like, he didn't – I don't remember exactly what the line is, but essentially like he didn't finish school. He's not going to work in retail. And I'm like, that's a very interesting – I know. I was like – no, I think I made – I was like, girl, he's going to thrive in retail. <laughs> yeah, I, that's going to be his bread and butter, baby. He's going to do a great job. And that's not a um, shitting on retail because no, we both no, no, We love retail, retail work. We've we yeah. done a lot of retail work. No. But yeah. I was just like, girl, what are you talking about? Retail work is for everybody. Um, I know. I was like, what? But yeah. So like that's how you introduce the psychic woman. We're like – she has a vision of her own death, which is not clear in my opinion. And then you again jump to the yeah. couple who are like the the researchers and they're like trying to see what this girl is dreaming and he can feel it, but she can't. And he doesn't understand why she can't feel it, which again is never brought up or really explained because no, later on it seems like she's the one who has the powers and he's kind of just a researcher. So that's how like – Everything comes together and then all of a sudden they're just at this random hotel. I mean, I guess if you remember it from the beginning. But then you're just like, and now now this guy's dead. Who the hell is this guy? It just takes a long time to get to the point. And then you have this like explanation scene after Dana has like caused a fuss at dinner. Alex like pulls the widow outside to try to explain the situation. And he just like in the most straightforward, like no – bullshitting kind of way it's just like okay so we're all magicians that's what we call ourselves she can do this she can do that i can do this and the woman's like yeah of course okay and i'm like what what would you know literally and i guess like to within the realm of the movie like it makes sense i guess to a certain degree for this wife of the deceased to believe that since he was also doing weird shit but But like she didn't know what he was doing she says, like, over and over, that, like, I don't know what his work was. She never explained his work to me. 
if these strangers came into my house and they were like, we're all psychic and your husband is psychic, I'd be like, oh God, I'm on a cliff with these people. I don't know you. But but especially as like just a viewer of the film, um, it, it comes so late. Because I had the same feeling of like, okay, I guess <laughs> finally we're getting like literally exposition o'clock. Like he's really just going to be like, let me hold your hand and tell you exactly what's happening. But like I literally was like, I just feel like you've got me to a point of such confusion where I'm just like, what? That like there was a part of me that's already checked out. Because we're not getting, mm. I haven't seen any fucking puppets. And now you've introduced all this shit. I mean, <laughs> I think a, in a grand scheme of things, like, and I'm not trying to say that, like, it should only be campy or whatever. Like, I definitely appreciate the attempt to kind of, as we were saying, like, maybe stray and do something more serious or something more, for lack of a better way of putting it, highbrow, which it, it by no means is that the correct terminology I should be using. Um, mm-hmm. But it's i think unfortunately in it both its writing and its execution is where it fails i appreciate the attempt but like i just think of like structurally like if you opened and you you just opened with like the psychics having their individual vision so it's like okay we're meeting the cast like that makes sense mm-hmm. at that point and then like have them get to the mansion and then you can have like right when they get there like, the wife obviously being like, please explain to me who the fuck you are, like, blah, blah, blah. So let me get, if you haven't caught up at that point, like, you're getting who everybody is. And then we can do a little flashback scene of, like, when she's like, wait, what is this research? Like, well, there was this man all these years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, because that's interesting to me, because at that point, if we haven't seen any puppets, there's no confusion. I think while I'm saying, like, yeah, I want puppets, it just flows better. And then the first time you mm-hmm. see the puppets, if it was in this flashback, you're like, oh, my God, are those going to come back? And then the time between seeing them for the first time and having them reappear is less. Because that's, mm-hmm. I think, the issue is. It's like, I'm sure to a certain degree, it's like, well, we're going to take a minute to get to the puppet swing people, so show them at the beginning. But I feel like that yeah. almost hurt it in a way because we get these puppets and we're like, okay, for sure. And they don't do anything and then they're gone. And then you're like, oh, this is like a fucking 80-minute movie. Like, where the fuck are the puppets? Um, so, yeah, I think... It's, it comes down to, like, the writing and the, like, structure of it all hinders it in the end. Yeah. I wonder where Blade was in that opening sequence. Like, he was running across the street, outside, up into the hotel. Where was he? How did he get out by himself? And how did nobody ever see him? I mean, yeah, other than, like, the maid. It is a good question. I mean, I love the Chucky POV <laughs> that they do. He was going to say that, yeah. It's like, very like, child's like, play. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, once again, just like endless questions <laughs> where like, you know, there are some questions you can pose in the movie that you're like, what was that? But like, you can like brush it off. You're like, whatever. It doesn't matter. But like, this has a, a few too many where I'm like, y'all, yeah, you flew toward the sun and you burned up a little bit because yeah, like what, why was he outside? And that's the thing. It's like, with that happening, I was like, is he going to come back and be like, daddy, daddy, I've killed somebody. <laughs> like, you know, he's coming on. I must say Glenn Glenda from Seed of Chucky. Um, but so that's what I was imagining. I was like, he's running. And at that point, we have no context for anything else happening. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, these people are coming. So I'm like, okay, so he's going to warn him. But like, yeah, as you're saying, like, where was he before? Did they station him somewhere because they knew this was coming? It's just like, it just feels like that opening of the story is completely different story than what we get for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the only mm-hmm. correlation is just like, well, you just have to know that there was a guy in the 30s that started this. <laughs> and it's like, well, I didn't need a whole opening then. Like, I didn't right. need to know that he, like, killed himself because Nazis were coming. Like, I no, guess whatever. maybe he knew that he wanted to make an ongoing franchise where he had plenty of opportunity and time to flush everything <laughs> yes. out. Uh, I mean, I do think that 
you know, where we get in the end is, is an interesting place. I like the idea that this man, because, because the whole reveal of the evil plan has been that Neil Gallagher stayed at this hotel because he was doing research, trying to find this magic spell. He found it and then knew he needed to stay here. So he killed the, his widow's parents in an attempt to practice the spell essentially, and then used that to, you know, so like be there for her and comfort her during her time of grief. And then they started dating and then he could marry her and take control of the hotel. Like this big master plan that he has like spent years like concocting. I think that's really interesting. And the fact that he used the puppets and then it was so easy and ready to discard them to make human puppets is like a really grotesque image that I kind of wish they had like explored a little bit more. You get one quick like um, dream sequence of the bodies like moving and talking. Um, but that's is that it. the you one where really... like Alex lives up the bed sheets and they're yes, like yes the three like, heads. What did they say? I, I wrote it down. They said, um, "What's happening, Alex?" Yeah, I love that. That was really cute. I did like it. Uh, it's like three little uh, like um, whack a moles, little heads sticking yes. at the foot of the bed. Um, but yeah, I think that that could have been a really interesting way to go. Where like I wish he had brought one of the fucking corpses back to life. I mean, yeah, I think that the the like summation of everything. The big reveal, I was like, yeah, that's satisfying. That's worth it. But it just took the steps it took to get there. We're not like super, super fun. There were definitely some fun moments that I am going to save for the Q&A because I love them. But there's not enough. You know, you need that level of dolls of like bam, bam, bam. Great kills. Great yeah. dolls being, you know, up to no good. Fucking running amok. That's what I love. Yes. I have a quick question for you because I might have yeah. missed it. And I think it goes back to another thing because you brought it up when you were right. Like with the two, um, the researching couple um, and mm -hmm. they're like sex. There's a word for it, but essentially like it's not specific to sex. Like he explains it where it's like the, the woman. It seems like she's more psychic than he is, her like partner. Yes. It seems like her partner kind of just like uses her as a conduit. But it's like she can touch things and like feel their history or whatever. Yes. She just happens to lean specifically toward like touching things and feeling their sexual history. Yeah, I not? guess for the sake of like having sex in the movie. Um, which, yeah, they, they're starting with research at the beginning where they're like asking a girl like, okay, like she's like all hooked up to like a machine. They're like, think of your wild sex, sex, wildest sexual fantasy in detail. And then like, yeah, they don't bring it up again. Which like, then there was part of it was like, because he's getting it and she's not. And she's like giving him this look, I feel like, where she's like almost mm -hmm. like annoyed with him or something. Which to a certain degree, just because like he's like, he's like into like seeing this woman's fantasy and she's like, what the fuck? But then part of me is like, is he, does he know this woman's wildest sexual fantasy because he's like slept with her? Or some shit. Mm -hmm. Or well, they kind of like, like yeah, there's seeds like throughout the whole film, I feel, of like him maybe having like a wandering eye and her getting jealous and annoyed about it. Yeah. Well, because she asked, like, do you think like the, yeah. the wife is pretty? But like, there's a scene, and I remembered it happening when I watched the first time. And mm -hmm. I remember me and Quinn, they were like, oh my gosh. And then whatever. And then I was like, fuck, I must have completely missed them bringing it up. And then the second time when I watched it, I was like, okay, pay attention. And I don't know if I, my mind drifted again and I missed it, but mm -hmm. they get in the elevator with um, like the housekeeper maid lady. Mm -hmm. And what's her name? Um, oh my God, I need to know this woman's name because I'm about to be talking about her for a second. Uh, Megan? Oh, no, the, Megan the sex is woman? the wife. Clarissa. Her name is Clarissa, I believe. I think it's Carissa. All the subtitles were calling her Clarissa, but IMDb says Carissa. Oh, it's 
Oh, oh, Carla, Carlissa, Carlissa. That's what Letterbox says is Carlissa. That was what all the subtitles said, Carlissa, but it was weird. Okay, Carlissa. Um, she's like, she starts freaking out and he's like, oh my God, what? She's like, oh my God, like something happened in this elevator. And up until this point, even before this and beyond this, anytime she's like, I can feel what's happening here. They don't show you anything. They're not like, this is no. what she's seeing. But this is the one time they do it, which then thus makes it feel like, okay, this is important because she's like, oh my gosh, like blah, blah, like, and you start seeing these clips of like a man, woman in an elevator. It's like, oh my God, this man raped this woman in an elevator. He forced her to have sex. And like there it's, there's, it's definitely graphic to a certain degree because he's like pushing up on this woman. He rips her shirt open, her like full tit comes out and you're yeah. like, oh my God. And like, they have the shot where they cut back to his face because he's asking like, who was it? Who was it? Where she, he's like, and he like cut back to like the vision and he's like screaming and, mm-hmm. like, I thought on the second time they said it was Neil. I don't know if I'm fucking crazy. Did they? No, you're not. It was Neil, yeah. Okay. So then they say it's Neil. So I'm like, oh, my God. So he, like, tried to rape someone. that is, And because then, like, and it made sense the second time because I remember the first time, what's her name? The Like, the maid lady being, like, don't tell, like, the missus because, like, she's already stressed enough. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, does she not want her to – the first time I was like, does she not want her to know because she's just like, I don't want to know that, like, a rape happened in this building. Second time I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like, her husband – fucking rape somebody like mm-hmm. which i mean like in theory i feel like you should let her know i mean you know right that's a time when i think it's okay to speak ill of the dead um but then i was like but then it doesn't come up it doesn't and then i, I was think like, it was Am I, gonna... no, keep I just think it was used to try to like because we don't we have not met neil neil is just a dead body at this point so i think it's their way of trying to make the audience understand that neil is not a good person that we're not going to be on neil's side that like Neil has a dark side. It's it was very much a throwaway scene, but I think it was just meant to kind of give us some kind of like personality and like indication of who Neil was as a person. You know? Yeah. And then because even on the second time when I caught that it was Neil, I was like, oh, so when Neil does the monologue at the end, he obviously confesses all the shit about like essentially he didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck about his wife and he was using her. I was like, that's gonna get brought up. Like that somehow yeah. plays into the whole thing. And it didn't. So then of course it becomes this scene of like. So we added in an, a, a com- truly and honestly, completely unnecessary rape. Like it wasn't even a plot yeah. line. It was just like a mention. And, but then you also showed part of it. Wasn't it mm-hmm. felt like, so is this your way to be like, how do we get a titty on the screen? And it's like, yeah, fucking That's like gross. showing her blouse being ripped open. And so like, yeah, on, on the second viewing, especially I was like, what? And once again, the choice to be like, that is the one sexual history thing that we are shown as an audience, mm-hmm. which I don't think you're wrong in the sense of like also hand in hand being like, we got to show that like Neil's like nefarious too. And he was up to bad stuff. He's not this like mm-hmm. innocent because like these psychics come in with kind of an energy of like, I can't trust these people. But it's like, but we also don't want you to trust Neil. But it's like, there were just like 10,000 other fucking things under the sun. Like even if it was just like he had an affair with a different woman fine but like it was like Mm -hmm. no he like violently it seemed like raped her in an elevator and it's like for okay and is that gonna make any difference to the story yeah i agree very much because i thought i was going crazy i was like i had to no no no. yeah i mean i don't think it was a necessary plot point and i think that it, it it is very interesting that it's the only vision that she has that we get to see but i guess that they didn't have the budget for like a clark gable and Carol Lombard uh, impersonators for that big sequence. You know, you just had to fill in uh, your imagination with those. Assaults, they'll show you, but all the fun stuff you have to just imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) that's unfortunately the case sometimes. Yeah. 
All right. I think it would be a great time mm-hmm. to have a little fun with Puppet Master instead of just talking about all the things we don't like. <laughs> go yeah. to our queue and slay. Oh, yes. The final queue and slay of season three, baby. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Well, yeah. I will start because I have to do – this one is very strategic, so I'm going to start with this one. Oh, okay. Anya. What is yeah. your favorite line? My favorite line comes from Dana because something to know about Dana's character, which we haven't really touched upon. She is the she is the psychic that is working when we meet her as a fortune teller in the Barbara Crampton scene, because like that's her kind of kind of thing. Like she can tell fortunes and she can like it's not quite seeing the future, but like whatever, mm-hmm. it's not completely clear. Um, like when she shows up, she's in like bitch mode. Like she is like she fucking hates Neil essentially. Because she feels she was, you know, screwed out of whatever the fuck he found. And she, like, you know, sees this wife and is like, oh, my God, easy target. Because, like, this woman doesn't realize that, like, he probably didn't love you, sweetheart. Like, he probably was just using you for money. Which, of course, everyone else is like, girl, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to say the truth. Which, like, and she brings her, like, taxidermy dog with her. Like, there's just, like, so much to say about her. But they're at (laughs) dinner. And, you know, they've been drinking or whatever. And, like, this is, like, pre, like, you, the wife, Megan, I believe her name is, like, getting really upset and, like, going outside. And finally we get some fucking exposition. But she's, like, going off and saying all this shit about, like, oh, like, did you ever consider that, like, he just married you for your money? And then, like, they're, like, stop, stop, stop. And um, the one guy um, of the couple, he says something where he's, like, oh, like, you know, she gets a drink in her and she becomes, like, a cynic. And then she's, like, um, I think his name is Frank or something and she's like um i'm not a cynic frank i prefer to think of myself as a nasty bitch (laughs) which i was just like i I, immediately i was like i love her i love this woman and i will lie (laughs) my life down for this woman like i just i and any movie when like a character specifically a woman like someone is getting mad at her or is trying to like call her a bitch essentially in so many words or whatever and she just mm-hmm. completely and like you know that she's like oh she's thriving off it like it, it gives her such a rush to be like um actually i'm a nasty bitch it, <laughs> it literally is what gets me out of bed in the morning i love that shit i love that shit because i've had multiple times in my own life when i've been beefing with a motherfucker specifically a man sometimes and they try to pull like you're such a bitch i'd love to be like i thought you were gonna tell me something i didn't know like yeah i am i'm a cunt too what can i tell you so (laughs) love that line so much yeah dana serves she's a she is a bad bitch she doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks Mm -hmm. she's fierce um well the reason that i wanted to make sure (laughs) you got to go first on that one is because I know I said that we're going to stop talking shit about this movie, but I watched this movie two times mm-hmm. and I put the subtitles on as I always do just to like make sure I don't miss any fun lines. And I could not come up with a single line in this film that is at all noteworthy other than the line that you had. So mm-hmm. for my line, it's not really a line, mm-hmm. but my favorite anything in this film is Leech Woman. And we have to talk about Leech Woman for one second. She I, is. <laughs> she doesn't she comes up. Speak. She comes in out of fucking nowhere. You've never seen her before. But the couple have had, they've been having their sexy time. He is tied to the bed. He is blindfolded. He can't see shit. There's a noise. The door opens. 
Carlissa goes under the bed to see what happens. She gets fucking tunneled by the tunneler. And he's like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? Come on the bed. And then who pops up? But motherfucking leech woman, who is this gorgeous little doll who has long black hair, (laughs) big old eyes, a gorgeous little, like, nightgown, and a huge gaping mouth. And she crawls up on the bed. And he thinks, for some reason, that it's Carlissa. And she starts you know, sucking on his later. nipple. She, she starts does. sucking on his nipple. And she goes something like this. And I lost my mind. Oh, no. It's so good because she's making these, like, basic little, like, noises but then I every time that her, her gaping mouth goes around the nipple it becomes like a ah ah and it's so <laughs> fucking funny I, I i was obsessed i cannot even believe shut the fuck up i i'm gonna be sick <laughs> i'm a bra i need a second so i cannot even believe you just got on the mic <laughs> <laughs> That's what she sounded like. And gave us an impersonation of this doll's truly horny ass moans. Like, girl, no, she was, oh my God. And I'm without words. I'm so proud of you, first of all. Thank you. And um, I did say to Queenie when we were watching, because once again, she appears out of nowhere. She got a fucking gaping mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and she goes straight for the titty and i was like so i had no idea what was coming and she starts by yeah like sucking on that titty girl and i remember turned to cornelia and i was like damn it's so hard every day to see another bitch live your dream like i don't i had no feelings for this frank guy but i was like y'all know i want to be sucking on a man titty like i cannot emphasize it enough so i was like fuck not this not this porcelain bitch getting to do it before me um Anyways, but yeah, and yeah. girl, she was into it. She like, loved she was, every second of it. Oh my god, she was moaning and groaning. Oh, wow, thank you so much for the gift that you just gave to well, all of us. You're Everyone welcome. It is, is hard. Everyone it is, a, <laughs> it is a valid answer. It is my favorite line in the film. I cannot believe that that was what you picked. Holy fuck. Um, I'm so unpredictable, don't you know? Well, I'm curious to see now who would be your partner in crime in the Puppet Master universe, at least in movie it one. It would obviously be Leech Woman. We are we are a team. I would dress like Leech Woman. I would dye my hair black. I would wear that nightgown. We could be two little twinsies. I'm obsessed with her. I want okay, well, I nothing to do with you. anybody but her. Because, like, obviously you're in love. You're obsessed with this little bitch. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you trying to, like, uh, do you want to be like teamed up where you're like we're gonna take out a man together, like, like, th- you know, two girls, one guy, or maybe three women type style, and like just like moaning well, the fuck up and leaving <laughs> up, or are you like, oh, my fantasy is like I want to be tied up, I want little leech woman sucking on my titties. And, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to have a, a valid question. Because no, I'm not trying to have a romantic or sexual relationship with leech woman. I am trying to have a partnership with leech woman as friends in that. As we will be companions in life where I take care of her and I love her and we are best friends. But if somebody fucks with me, she will come and she will regurgitate leeches onto them for me. 
So, like, you're going to, like, take care of her in a sense. I'll be her puppet master, but honestly, we're, like, equals. So, like, you know? if she's trying – I mean, you're obviously a married woman, as some people may yes. know. Um, It's, like – I mean, she seems like a bitch that's trying to get – her fucking porcelain pussy wet all the time which good for her mm. so it's like if she, is it gonna be a problem if like every night she's like out late she like comes back you're like girl where the fuck have you been and she's like or, or i guess rather like <laughs> nah. that's her that's her regurgitating a leech um i guess <laughs> I, I know or i guess rather her being like um i don't even know if i can i have me um just like I don't know how she talks. Yeah, as, as close as I'm doing for free on the mic. So, um, <laughs> no, no I mean, for free. she, she's her own person. I'm my own person. She has her own life. She'll have a key to the house. She'll be fine. As long as she's not kind of like, it's going to be the size of her fucking arm. As long as she's not, I'll leave a window. Back. As long as she's not trying to like come in between me and my marriage, then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wait, we can't move on. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sick. It's like, what if she starts making a move on Greg? It's like, what the fuck are you gonna do? I don't know. You know what, Anya? We'll get to that when we get to it. Anyone could do that. <laughs> that if, if, listen, nobody in this film is better than her. The only possible other answer would be the dog that comes to life in the last five seconds of the film. We can't talk about him yet. Uh, we can't talk about him yet. Okay. But it's Leech Woman. It's just her all day long, and I love her. She's so beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I literally, like, smashed my fist on my desk. I think I bruised them. Oh my god. Holy Ugh. shit. Okay, well, Anya, who is your partner in crime? Is it that nasty bitch, Anna. Dana? It is that nasty bitch, Dana. <laughs> I so, I saw a lot of myself in Dana. Mm. You know, she's a nasty bitch. Um, she carries around a strange little companion that, you know, might be off. This is very you. Uh, but it's it's a comfort to her. She talks to it, her little taxidermy dogay. Um, to be fair, she's right the entire time. Like she knows upon going to this place that she's like, something is bad. Something is not right. I don't trust. I mean, even when she's, you know, in theory, being a bitch to Megan and being like, your husband didn't love you. He's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. I married you for the money. And everyone's like, don't fucking say that to her. She's grieving. It's like, why was she wrong? And was she wrong? She only spoke truth. Um, and I mean, even in her, you know, I'd be like dying moments. She's she's fighting for it she she goes on for a while like she has a whole like dragging her body around mm -hmm. i just think she's a fighter she's a bad bitch and like i would really enjoy her company i think we would enjoy each other's oddities we would enjoy talking shit about people and keeping it fucking mm -hmm. five thousand. so dana is absolutely my 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 bestie in the puppet master universe very valid i did hate the taxidermy dog for most of the film and i did think of you um but I'd like to imagine that she brought the dog there with the intention of like, I'm going to find this magical power and have my oh, dog yeah. back. Yeah, for sure. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> of course you didn't. You were like, yeah, she has a taxidermy dog. Why would that? Well, that's I was not like, weird. he's perfect the way he is. We, what, what is it? <laughs> she 
Jesus. All right. Anya, <laughs> what is your favorite kill or effect in the film? Well, I'm pretty sure I know what yours will be. And even though usually that doesn't stop me from doing a repeat, um, something you brought up that I was like, I guess I could also use that Um, because it's Mm -hmm. not a kill, but it's, I guess, an effect. It's not really is the last moments of the movie. I guess it's in which everyone has left. It's over. Megan has the taxidermy dog still. I'm sure this dog has a name that they said, and I don't remember what it is. Sorry, forgive me. Um, Because what's Dana's dead. Um, and she's walking up the stairs and it definitely starts as a taxidermy dog when she's holding it. And then like mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's the stairs and it's real. And I remember like me and Quinn, they were like, oh my God, wait, is the dog alive? What's going on? And that alone is just like, oh, how silly. Like, you know, as we were saying at the beginning, like, and this, like, what does it mean? Like she has the powers now, like mm-hmm. fuck all that. I don't care. She puts this dog down <clears throat> and it looks like a goddamn Muppet. Like <laughs> it looks so. It's beyond- eyes. <laughs> It looks so beyond fucking stupid. Like, this is like the dumbest <laughs> creature on God's green earth. And so, you know, immediately I was like, I would love and cherish this fucking moron forever. Like, I can't even emphasize. And I was so excited to get to the end of the movie again when I was watching it. I was like, yeah, show me that fucking idiot. <laughs> and it's like, it literally has like, like big old, like googly eyes and like, yeah the way that it's headed <laughs> is it's like very smush so it's like it's like eyes and like immediately it's like its mouth is like touching the floor it's like there's no space in between anything it's like a rectangle um i i love that dog i was like holy shit please and of course it's like there for only three seconds and i was like no wait follow it i want to see it um yeah that dog's yeah. eyes are like huge and open as wide as they can be but also <laughs> slightly crossed and i like to think that like Maybe that was just the life shooting back into this dog's body and it reacting uh, instead of just being a so little guy. <laughs> um, oh my god! Wow, I I will be pulling yeah. my I'm do my best to pull a, a clip or a, an image of him to oh, share with so everybody. It's so <laughs> no, literally, he, like any love animal. It. I've said this before. I don't even know if I said it on the pod, but like I love. I mean, I love bad taxidermy. I love a little bad taxidermy that looks like crusty and wrong. Um, that aside, with living creatures, I love like a cat or a fucking dog that looks like something, one of two things or both, looks like something horrid happened to it, like something is wrong. Like, oh it, like, like half of its like face got hit with like a fucking tire. Like, I'm not wishing harm on these animals by any means, but like, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like the ones where it's like the tongue is never in the mouth. There's a cat that yeah, yeah, yeah. me today on TikTok where it looks like it just doesn't have the bottom half of its mouth. It's Aww. like it just looks like it looks like it's not there, and it like so its little tongue is like always sticking out, and it's and it's like <laughs> like it just like looks so fucking dumb. And conversely, as I was saying either looks like something's really wrong with it or it looks like it's never had a fucking thought behind its eyes in any fucking capacity. <laughs> like never like empty 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 i'm like you are the most precious gift on god's green earth and i would fucking eat a bag of glass for you and that's how i felt about this dog yeah this dog is amazing i loved it so much <sighs> great choice excellent choice um Thank you. i don't think anyone's gonna be surprised that i'm going no. three for three on leech woman <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I have to talk about her moment in action because I very strategically didn't really talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So after she has sucked on the nipple and made those sounds, she does something that because we have never met this puppet to this point, we don't know what 
what she is, what she can do. And all of a sudden, she's making this real deep guttural noise and something big and slimy and black is coming out of her mouth. And um, I had read about it in my research that she her face was made out of latex so that it would like stretch mm. and let the the leech come out. So like the image of this leech slowly working its way up her throat and out of her mouth is like stretching the top of her head like outward. And it's yeah. just like so creepy and weird. And she spits the leech out and he's like, oh, he's like into it at first because he doesn't know what it is. But then yeah. she keeps doing it and it gets to a point where he's like freaking out and he lifts his little like blindfold finally. And I just love the image of like you thinking that your partner is like doing something kinky to you. And then you look and there are three leeches attached to your bloody body with a fucking little doll regurgitating a fourth one onto you while going like, ah! like insane, insane image. I I think it was great. And then <laughs> as a as a quick backup, you do get to see Carlissa's mouth after having been tunneled very briefly when they're all sitting at the yeah. dinner table dead. And I thought that looked really good because it was just kind of like a huge gaping bloody hole where her mouth was, which is very similar to how Leech Woman looks. So I, of course, loved that. Yeah, I mean, the Leech Woman is the absolute standout of the movie. And like, it's <sighs> it's definitely disturbing. Like, I think it was actually, like, yeah. disturbing looking because, like, as you're saying, and I figured as much, like, you know, it, you can tell, like, there's, like, a latex thing going on when they're pushing in the mm-hmm. top of the leech. And it, it's disturbing because, like, yeah, you've never seen her before. You have no idea what the fuck she's going to do. Like, nothing at all. And then even when she's opening her mouth and the thing is coming out, it's coming out very slow. And it almost looks like a – like, for me, I was like, it looks pointed when it comes out at first. I was like, mm. is she regurgitating a claw? And then I was like, is it, like, going to be a big beetle? Like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, when it gets most of the way out, I think at that point I was like, oh, wait, there was, like, a, a leech vision earlier on in the movie that has to be what this is. And it is. But it's, like, the world's biggest fucking leeches ever. Like, <laughs> huge. To the point where they can kill you um apparently yeah, if you have four on you. I mean if you get a normal leech on you it might not be great but I don't think you're gonna die from it um I mean I feel like people put leeches on people for like therapy reasons they think it like sucks yeah, up a toxin no. you wouldn't die from four leeches no. no I mean maybe like these like cursed giant leeches I don't want to find mm. out but yeah um it's so disgusting I mean the whole scene the whole scene just makes you feel gross because like the whole time it's like mm-hmm. they were having loud sex and like now he's like it's like, oh my god, is she gonna fuck him? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And as I said, like, she's really into it. And then, like, oh, now it's like leeches. <laughs> like, he's somehow kind of still horny for it until he's like, ow, whatever you're doing is hurting. And then, yeah, he manages to like, like move the blindfold off, like using like his arm. Um, and then, like, yeah, and the image he comes out to is like <laughs> body with leeches on it. And then this bitch, like, like, like vibrating violently as she like, <laughs> like is like pushing out another leech. And you're just like what an awful way to go what an awful way to go but yeah i mean i had i was gonna give it to that one just because of like that's the standout death what i will say i will give credit to i thought it was funny um because pinhead is the one that goes after uh dana and it goes on Mm -hmm. for a while and it like i two or three times it's like he gets her and he like and it's like the slow motion almost like pop pop like punching mm-hmm. her in the face and it's like so much like he keeps punching her in the face and you're like jesus but the, every time she manages to like ugh, like slap him off and then she takes him and like ragdoll throws him across the room <laughs> and there was one where she threw him like down like a stairwell shaft or some shit yeah. i can't remember what it was, but i remember the thing that came to mind was when we talked about um child play when you were like i would simply push him out a window 
I would simply throw <laughs> yeah. them. And I'm like, and that's what she did. Still didn't make it, but you know what? At least she's doing the logical thing of like, get the fuck off of me and like throwing him across the room. Um, yeah. Love that show. <laughs> With that puppet specifically, he just kept getting like tossed places or like his head like pulled off and then he would just lie there and then after like a few minutes he would like come back to life and be like, okay, I'm going here again. Yeah. Never, going, no going damage done. in the face five times again. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, that was his only method. It was like, because he didn't have any other yeah. thing, like the like drill built onto him. It was just like, I'm just going to punch until it works. Yeah. I mean, at least he's not that other doll that is literally just his head rotates and that's it. His face rotates in like Are three you pieces. Are sitting in the window? Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, Jester, I think his name is. He's like a he's like a Jester clown, and his head is in like three. Oh, parts is he the one that he was making? And it, like, spins. At the yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Like, what does he do? What does that do? Girl, what do any of them fuck? Why do any of them exist? The question remains. Other than Leech Woman, which other Leech Woman's you know, she was created in she was created in the image of God, obviously. As we know, God is a Leech Woman. <sighs> And in her name, I can only hope and dream. Um. Okay. Well, I guess we we move on to <laughs> Jesus. Really fucked myself up laughing hard. Um. The original questions. Are you Are you prepared? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to receive this? Yeah. Yeah. Give me. So, a- to stay to stay on the topic of sex, because that's that's what the whole episode is about, seemingly. Um. If okay. you had psychic powers that were sexual psychic powers so similar to you know what's her name that touches everything carlissa and feels things Uh well we'll keep it in the realm of like let's say you can only touch things and feel their sexual history um okay who i in your like your you're like not fantasy but like your i don't want to phrase this okay if you had these powers whose bed in theory (laughs) it could be fictional or it could be real life would you want to lay on to like all of your body experience wow it feels on the surface problematic and i just want to address that i wonder if we're gonna say the same thing no not not i just think in general just in general oh 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 oh, oh, like this is fake yeah i i I just want to put that out there for the people that i'm not trying to trying to steal anyone's sexual experiences we're trying to you know find harvest these powers for ourselves and really make this happen which it's all jokes i promise yeah okay well i okay i guess if i had to pick a bed it would be like i would choose because everyone has like multiple characters it can be a fictional character yeah i have a person but i would just whatever whatever bed the best things happened in because, you know, okay. bad things happened in bed as well for this person. So I don't want any of that. Um, but I would go Heath Ledger. Because Heath like Ledger he was the love of my yeah, – Yes, okay. the actual human man, Heath Ledger, because he was the love of my life. And it was biggest loss when I was 16 when I found out that he had passed. And, yeah, I don't think I'll ever have a love as deep and true as Heath Ledger ever again in my life. So he would be who I pick. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I had an answer, and then that made me think of something else. But I think I'll stick with my original answer. Surprisingly, not Burt Reynolds. I'm not saying I'm opposed to it by any means, please. But that's not (laughs) what I was going to say. I was going to say I want to sleep or lie in the bed of um, 
not not the real people, but at the at this period of time in the life in their lives when they were playing these specific characters. So I guess more so their characters. Um, but Brad and Angelina from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Interesting. I that movie okay. is I love that fucking movie. I think it literally invented foreplay. Like I don't think that we will ever as a society create a movie that is all around that fucking sexy. Like just like pure, raw, fun, sexual, like, oh my God, energy. It's so fucking good. <laughs> um, so that's the that's the answer that I'm gonna stick with. I'm sure they brought extra steam to that role because they were oh, yeah. fucking around on Jennifer. I actually don't know much about Mr. and Mrs. Smith because I've only seen it one time and then I was Team Jennifer, so I couldn't support Angelina in that way. Oh no. But at the end of the day, what we should be is Team Jennifer and team angelina and fuck brad um all right my og question to wrap it up um i went kind of basic this week because i knew we were gonna be talking leech woman heavy so i just figured we'd wrap it up nice and tight so there are i believe four different psychic abilities that are talked about throughout the film they are as you said from clarissa the ability to feel the history of an object Mm -hmm. you have alex's dream premonitions you have Dana's uh, psychic visions of the future, and you have the ability to give inanimate objects life. If you could possess any of these powers, which one would you choose? I know you fucking know my answer. I know you fucking Is it know. to give inanimate objects life? Yes. Because here's the thing. It's like <laughs> touching the objects thing, like, I don't care. Like, even if it was like, oh, <laughs> sex stuff it's like i probably don't even want that to be quite honest with you and like also you'd probably feel like really traumatizing sex stuff which is like bad i mean as we saw the elevator scene no thank you and then the other two feel very similar like having a dream premonition slash the other one is seeing the future mm-hmm. i think it would stress me out i know it would cause so much more havoc in my life and then so by default it feels like the last one but just also specific to me i could bring all my stuffed animals to life Oh my God, you would never hear from me again. Goodbye, outside world. Like I'm creating my own society. Um, I'm bringing in anima. I'd turn, I'd fucking evil dead too. Bring my fucking yeah, your peewee's playhouse up in there. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> easiest fucking answer I've ever given. Yeah. What about you? I mean, you make valid points on all of the, the, the basic ones. I, you know, I was torn between feeling the history of an object because I do think that that has some cool stuff in a lot of different ways beyond just you know sexual stuff but yeah giving inanimate objects life is just the coolest one I don't realistically know how frequently if ever I would use that ability I would probably only do it in the kind of dog situation where like if my beloved animals passed maybe I would bring them back to life pet cemetery style to have forever Um, so probably that one but you know I don't need that I'm just a simple girl but it's also scary because I don't I feel like the answer is no but I'm not sure it's like once you bring the inanimate object to life like Mm -hmm. can you can you like undo that because like what do I have to do I have to kill it that's the thing it's like that's because I'm thinking like okay I bring one of my stuffed animals to life but for some reason this motherfucker's got a foul personality and I'm like oh like I don't like that and it's like then it's my can I like snap my fingers and it's undone or like yeah am I gonna have to like like knife my stuffy and that would traumatize yeah that wouldn't be fair to my babies if i if they passed and i brought them back and then well i I think it's not pet cemetery in that way like it seems like 
if it lives yeah, but like, and bring it back, it will be the same animal. Yeah, but I still think in the same way, like, Neil had to, like, be eviscerated to die, like, to kill the animal again, you would have to, like, really kill it. Why and, like, would you want to kill your cat again? I wouldn't, but then what if I died? I'm going to die eventually. If this thing is not going to die a natural death, I'm going to be 95. I die. My beautiful cat is still alive. What's it going to do? Well, I mean, presumably if you live a long, full life and you're getting to the end of it, you know, you pass off the cat to, you know. I'm going through an existential crisis. We have to move on. Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. On that note, uh, it is time to get on, on the note of the existential crisis happening here. Um, it is time to move on to our final rating of um, season three, but of Puppet Master. Mm. Oh my god! So crazy. on our one of a kind, never seen before, never done again, no edits needed uh, rating scale, Alex. The <laughs> fuck are you giving Puppet Master? I give a Puppet Master. To end out our season, two stars. I think it's Stoner Bro. Like I said, I think there's some really fun elements. I do enjoy the puppets, but they are only in it for a combined total of five minutes, which is unfortunate. But, you know, Leech Woman really does carry this fucking movie on her back. She is the MVP. There is and it between her leechy lips, girl. I, oof, I feel like Puppet Master, Furnace, Leech Woman, five out of five stars. But... <laughs> OG 1989 Puppet Master, two stars. Has some work to do. Excited um, to see where the series goes. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat. Uh, giving it a stoner bro. You know, we're ending the season. Love to end it on the same note as each other. While it's not the highest note, you know, we definitely had fun with this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, for all the reasons that were already stated, I'm excited to see where the series goes. I mean, it wasn't a standout to me. In a way, it makes me more excited because sometimes when you watch a movie and you you know there's more to come and you're like, oh, that was so fucking good. And they're like, well, they mm-hmm. can't. There's no way they're going to be able to match this. And you just like, no, like the later ones are just going to go downhill where like the, the other Puppet Master movies could also be bad, in my opinion, or be worse. But there's more, there's an opportunity to be like, well, they, they could definitely get better. They could definitely do better than this. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited yeah. to hopefully... I don't think I will, but, you know, I'm going to hold out hope to see that freak Muppet dog again. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do think that. Movie, but. I think at the very least, we'll get more puppets in the subsequent films because I feel like in yeah. the same way of like Hellraiser, I think they probably realized what was so successful within the original and then they kind of probably expanded on that. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm down to see as many killer puppets as possible. I agree. Um, all right. Well, that finishes out Puppet Master 1989, and it also finishes out season three. Um, just like last season and the season before, we plan to have a um, season three special, a closing episode. If you recall, season one, it was our Saw special, and season two, it was our Stephen King special. You'll have to stay tuned. Look out for it. We will not be spoiling what it will be. Um, but it will be great and it'll be fun. But other than that, I just want to say a personal thank you to everyone that listens. I mean, as we noted at the top, it's fucking three seasons deep. That's three full fucking years of doing this, which seems insane to me. It seems crazy, but um, I'm so happy. Um, and the podcast has come a long way. We've come a long way. <laughs> You've come a long way. Um 
and I'm just very grateful for everybody that listens, continues to listen, share, shows support. Um, this is just something we have a lot of fun doing. We make no money on it. So truly just your love and support is all we want and need. Um, so thank you for being along for the season three ride. And I can't wait for you to join us for season four. Yeah. Everything that Anya said. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. It's, like, it's a great time. I really uh, enjoy getting to watch films I've never seen before and talk about them with my best friend. And I hope that mm-hmm. we have been able to highlight some movies that you have never seen or have always wanted to check out. And we just gave you an excuse to watch them. So thank you for listening. However many of you are out there. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> Special shout out to Buki. Yeah, literally, like, no, dead ass. After season three, here's my special shout outs. Special shout out to Buki for listening to every episode and putting all of our episodes. And we know he's watched them because then he puts it on his letterbox and he's going to watch them. That's a real one. We literally love you, Buki. And special shout out to Ray, Rebecca, and Alice Lowell, an entire family of supporters and horror lovers and people that listen to this pod and enjoy it and support it. And special shout out to Miss Cornelia, who I know is also an avid listener of the pod and obviously an honorary girl card be horror. And she will be back again. Don't worry because we oh, love I can't her. wait to have her back. I don't know if I'm – those are the specific people that I know of that are listening. But to anybody else that's been listening, I love you. And if you're like, why the fuck didn't I get a shout out? Message us immediately and tell us that you've been listening because we want the fucking confidence boost. And then we'll make sure we give you a fucking shout out. Um, anyways, all this to say, thank you so much. <laughs> And as always, keep it creepy. Bye, creeps. Bye. Hi, creeps. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We would not be able to make this podcast, though, completely on our own. And we have some folks that we would love to thank. Um, First and foremost, if you've noticed, we have amazing new artwork. And we have to thank our friend Raymond Lowell, who commissioned it for us. Uh, You can follow him on Instagram and see all his other amazing art at R.B. Lowell. Uh, Who else, Alex? Uh, We would love to thank, yet again, for another season, our lovely friend Nathan Graham, who made our beautiful introduction music, um, and he sings the Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Um, You can follow him at instant underscore grams, like his name. Um, And you can also check out his podcast with our other friend Jonah, uh, called The Commonwealth. Yes, all good spooky content. And of course, if you can't get enough of us, we're on social media too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the girls who cried be horror, on Twitter at girls who cried bh, and if you really want to write us a whole novella, baby, you can send us an email at the girls who cried be horror at gmail.com. We always want to hear your thoughts and opinions and your insight. Uh, and if you want to follow us individually on social media, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, I am at G Way Forever. That is G E E W A Y number four and then ever on Instagram at a Garrity 15 on Twitter and uh, Anya Garrity on Letterboxd if you really want my uh, my film insight. Alex? Yeah, and if you want to check out the uh, three tweets and Instagram posts I do a year, you can check me out uh, yeah. at Alex Brandley because I'm very basic on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. It's all the same. I'm just Alex Brandley. She makes it easy for you, folks. Yeah. She makes it easy for you. Um, that's what we have for now, so we'll see you creeps next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The girls who cried be horror.